was four, Garrett, her boy, was two, Nancy was eight months pregnant, and we just resigned from youth pastor with 100 in our youth group with a $20,000 loan from EPCC and going to a place where you've never been, scary stuff. When we got there, the only place we had to worship was a courtroom. Every Saturday night after bingo and uh, the beer club and all the ashtrays cleaned up and sprayed around stuff, that's where we worshiped for six months. I thought back then I said, come to mind. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your benefits you bestowed on us. We have so much to thank you for. I've got so much to thank him for. So much to praise him for. You see, he has been so good to me. When I think of what he's done, where he's brought me from, I've got so much to thank him for. I've got so much to thank him for. So much to praise him for. You see, he has been so good to me. When I think of what he's done, where he's brought me from, I've got so much to thank him for. When I look around and see the good things he's done for me, I know I'm unworthy of him all. And his blessings he freely gives, I hold my life to him. I've got so much to thank him for. Everyone, I've got so much to thank him for. So much to praise him for. See, he has been so good to me. When I think of what he's done, where he's brought me from, I've got so much to thank him for. And sometimes while on this way, I kneel and I stop and say, Lord, thank you for all you've done for me. And one day I'll reach heaven's shore. Oh, please let me kneel once more. I've got so much to thank him for. When I think of what he's done, where he's brought me from, I've got so much to thank him for. Amen. 
I don't know why they're saying that I can't sing, Pastor Foster. I don't know why I don't get invited to sing. I don't know what's going on. I got talents to sing and praise the Lord. I've got so much to thank him for. When I look back where he's brought me from and where I am this evening, amen. And I want to speak tonight, thank you, Lord, for your touch. Thank you, Lord, for your touch. I want to read a passage of scripture very familiar to us tonight. Thank you, Charlie, for singing that tonight. Uh, our oldest daughter uh, sent us on our family page today, and that's the song she sang. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. There's a roof up above me and a good place to sleep. And she sang that for her mother and her, and her father on Thanksgiving Sunday. She said, thanks, Dad. Thanks, Mom, for all that you've done. Now I'm a mother with four children. I know what it's all about. Amen. I have so much to thank him for. Before I get serious, let me just read you a humorous story I picked up this week. A large dog walks into a butcher shop carrying a purse in his mouth. And he puts the purse down and sits in front of the meat case. The butcher said, what is it, boy? The butcher jokingly asked, want to buy some meat? And the dog goes, woof, woof. Woof, barked the dog. Mmm, said the butcher. What kind? Liver? Bacon? Steak? Woof, woof. Interrupts the dog. And how much steak? Half a pound? One pound? Woof, woof. The amazed butcher wraps up the meat and finds the money in the dog's purse. The dog leaves, he decides to follow the dog. The dog enters the apartment house, climbs to the third floor, begins scratching at the door. With that, the door swings open and a hangry man starts shouting at the dog, Stop! Stop! yelled at the butcher. He's the most intelligent animal i ever seen. Intelligent, says the man. This is the third time this week he's forgotten his key. Well, he's unthankful for sure. He wasn't thankful. Amen. We already heard a message this morning. Amen. A heart of thanksgiving and attitude of gratitude. Luke chapter 17 tonight. Luke chapter 17. I want to speak tonight, I've been looking at some commentaries this past week and doing some reading from Handy Cook and Helen Carr and some other commentaries. I want to give them credit for this, some of this message tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your touch. Would you stand for the reading of God's word tonight? And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said unto them, Let me touch you. No, not this time. He said, Go, show yourselves unto the priests. 
And it came to pass that as they went, notice, it came to pass as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a very And with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. He thanked him. And he was a Samaritan, a foreigner, a stranger. Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, rise, Go thy way, thy feelings, thy faith has made, the King James says, has made thee whole, has made thee well. Father, we've got so much to thank you for. I haven't got to go into that courtroom tonight, Lord, or this morning to clean up beer bottles, the ashtrays. I haven't got to commentate, Lord, to things, but I thank you for this beautiful sanctuary. Thank you where you brought this assembly from their history to their very present time. We have so much to thank you for. And so, Lord, we pray, Lord, on this Thanksgiving weekend, that we, our hearts, will be filled again with thanksgiving and be what you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Thankful for your touch. Here in this passage of Scripture that I just unfold to you this evening, read, there were ten lepers who met Jesus and had a life-changing encounter with the Lord. When you look closely at the story, down it is to a simple element, Andy Cook says that describes each Christian. That describes where we are this evening, who we were before we met Jesus and who we are since we gave our life to Jesus. Amen. Everyone tonight who professed Jesus as Lord and Savior and as a follower of Jesus and a disciple of Jesus, uh, we were outcasts from the kingdom of God. True or false? We were outcasts. We were men and women who represent the kingdom of darkness. We were without Christ in this world, the world come. We had no hope beyond eternity. But tonight, because of the mercy and the grace of God, we can say thank you, God, for sending Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you came. Our way was to certain death, but then we had a life in changing color with Jesus. And why we should never... One writer says, why we should never look back on the pleasures of sin, right? We should never look back and just on the pleasure of sin and focus on the past so much. 
But oh, we should never forget where the Lord has brought us from. Amen. We should never forget where the Lord has brought us from. And my mind was just reminiscing back the farthest I can go this evening. Back where I, who I was and what lifestyle and all those things and all the things that all, all was involved to the very moment on this Thanksgiving Sunday, I just want to say publicly, Lord, thank you again. Amen for touching me. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Praise God. I believe we need to visit this passage of Scripture over and over. Amen. And, and remind ourselves when we meet God the first time, when we cried out, Lord, have mercy on me. Oh, God, help me. Come and set me free. Amen. And, and just thank you, Lord, for all you have done. And thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. And thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. Amen. Praise the Lord. Pastor mentioned this morning the nine reasons why the other lepers didn't come. How many remember them? The nine reasons. He said that was taken from Charles Brown, gave several suggestions. I just want to repeat them again. One waited to see if the cure was real. One wanted, waited to see if it would last. One said he would see Jesus later. One described that he had never had leprosy. One said he never had forgotten well in any way. One gave the glory to the priest. And one said, oh, well, Jesus didn't really do anything. And one said any rabbi could have done that. And one said I was already much improved. But you notice here, one return. I just want to look at it, dear. One writer breaks this uh, passage of Scripture down in three ways. First of all, he looks at the lepers, ten lepers' condition. The ten lepers' condition. Then he looks at the ten lepers' cry. And then he looks at one leper. Notice, went from ten to what? How many? One leper's celebration. Look at it this evening. Uh, one leper's uh, condition, amen. And first of all, most of us heard stories of plurals of, you know, people uh, you read having leprosy in biblical times. And, and you can read, go back in Leviticus chapter 12, and you will read there about the laws about, about skin plagues and what they had to do, and they were called unclean and all these things. And then you read about Leviticus chapter 13 about leprosy in, in garments. And then you read in Le Leviticus chapter 14 about the cleansing of lepers. Um, and this word it says, uh, uh, the Mosaic law pronounced a leper as being unclean. Can you imagine? You were pronounced unclean. You were pronounced unclean. The writer goes on to say, they were not fit to enter into the tabernacle. Or later, they were not fit to enter the temple to worship. They could no longer live with their families. Think about that. They were no longer living with their families. Uh, the law required them to live outside of the, the city. And you go back and read that. I want to just time to read that. I'm going to not read a lot of scriptures, but go back and read Numbers at chapter 5, which says, uh, Numbers concerning the unclean, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they put out of the camp every lipper. Imagine. There was a command given to Moses, Put out of the camp every lippers and every one that have a issue and whosoever is defiled by the dead. 
you were denounced or announced with the, the disease of leprosy. You was removed outside of the camp. You will no longer have conversation or connection with any family member. And the law required them to live outside the city. And the law required them that they rent their clothes as a sign of extreme sorrow. Imagine extreme sorrow. Their faces was to be covered so that they would cry out, I'm clean, I'm clean. Don't come near me, I'm unclean. What a condition to find themselves in. And he goes on to say, when everyone came close to them, their faces was hidden, representing that no form of intimacy could be known to them. Can you imagine? Imagine, Pastor Foster, you couldn't kiss your wife daily because she was a leper. <clears throat> You, you think about husbands. You, you couldn't hug your spouse. You, you couldn't get near them. You couldn't hug any family member who was had that dreaded disease of leprosy. They were outside, outside the city. You, you couldn't hold them. You couldn't hug them. You couldn't have any uh, thing. You couldn't touch them, especially or you're announced unclean. Brother goes on, you could not truly know someone until you could see their face. And when the Jews uh, were face for face, it means the word of presence. The presence. They couldn't, you know, get in. They had to hide themselves. And to be a leper meant no intimacy with anyone, no friendship with anyone. You were isolated and a total outcast. He goes on to say leprosy was regarded as a disease with the Jews supposed to be afflicted for the punishment of some particular sin and to be more than other diseases, a mark of God's disapproval or displeasure. If you were a leopard, you instantly lost everything, your family. Can you imagine? You lost everything. You lost your family. You lost your job. You lost your security. You lost all your substance. You lost your money. You notice here in verse number 12 of this chapter, verse 12, I want to look at it again quickly this evening. It says, and he entered into a certain village. There met him ten men that were lepers. Notice which what? Stood afar off. You get the condition of the lepers tonight. They stood afar off. Tradition tells us that they had to stand at least 100 spaces from anyone else. They could not even come close to Jesus. They couldn't even come close to Jesus. They stood afar off. So look at the condition now of, of the lepers this evening. The reason spent so much time in, in describing this tonight is because one writer says sometimes uh, leprosy could be uh, a picture of humanity picture of our world conditions this evening. How many know that we're living in a world where people are unclean, unholy? There's no intimacy with Jesus. There's no personal relationship. There's no passion. There's no presentation of his presence. There's no practicing the presence of God. But how many is glad this evening, amen, because of God's mercy and grace this evening, amen, that you can come here tonight and lift up holy hands and you can have the intimacy with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you glad this evening that the sign is taken off you unclean and you've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus and you can echo the praise of God. What a condition. And I believe tonight that we, amen, to need to look at our neighbors this evening. 
You look around, people are dressed nice. They have so much going on for them. They have big bank accounts, and they have big homes. I got a nephew now, and he want to buy a home in Grand Falls, Windsor. He's selling his home now. He said, Uncle Bill, I'm selling it for a million dollars. A million dollars? Shannon, a million dollars. Your sin is twice as big as the house I grew up in. A million dollars? A big arena in his basement, a room going everywhere with two children. And yet we represent tonight the condition of this life. Palm trees, no intimacy. And that's the condition this evening of family members and loved ones this evening. Then he goes from the conditions tonight to the leopard's cry. In verse 13 it says, And they lifted up their voices, that's a cry, and said, Jesus. Hallelujah. They said the name Jesus. Amen. There's power and passion in the name Jesus. Amen. They said Jesus, Master, Rabboni, Teacher, have mercy on us. Amen. They went from the condition uh, to the cry. Amen. We're told as Jesus about to enter the city, these ten leopards and to stand as far off and began to cry. Notice the, the distance. Don't say how far. Had to be a hundred paces or more. And they cried out, Jesus! Jesus! Have mercy on us, Master! That was all they could do. One writer states, no physician could heal them. No medicine could cure them. They were completely helpless before the onslaught of this deadly disease. He goes on to say, we like to think that we are sufficient, that we are capable of handling life. But the truth is tonight, and we need to be reminded that we need to hear it over and in. And it's the truth tonight speak, spoken in love that we are born helpless in this world. And we are helpless to stand before sin and Satan. And we can stand condemned by sin. And we are totally helpless and hopeless. But I believe in humanity. How many here this evening have glad that in your condition, amen, of your sin and shame. And without hope in this world and the world to come, you cried out, Jesus, oh. Oh, come, Master, have mercy upon me. Set me free, amen. And breathe out your name in my life and remove all the sin and the shame so that I can be called a child of God. How am I glad that you call the name of Jesus. Oh, I'm glad this evening, amen, that in Bill Sampson condition, outside of the ark of safety and love and mercy, I'm glad, amen, that I cried out to him. No one can help me. Society couldn't do anything for me, and I'm so thankful for his touch. Come on, are you thankful for his touch? Or you forgot that you've been touched? Has it been a long time since you cried out, Jesus? And you got so cozy and so comfortable in your Christianity that there's not a praise of love and thankfulness on your heart. Amen, old pastor. It's been so long since I cried out Jesus to come into my heart. I believe on this Thanksgiving Sunday that there should be voices in this camp tonight in the house of God. Thank you, God, for saving my soul. Thank you, God, for making me old. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy 
nation so rich and free. A heart of gratitude. Thank you, Lord. I'm not like I used to be. You came and saved me. Amen. I've got so much to thank you for. I got so much. We got so much to be thankful. But you know, we just get so comfortable and cozy. But oh, tonight on this Thanksgiving Sunday, notice here that Romans 5 and 6 says that for when we were yet without what? Strength. In due time, Christ died for who? For the ungodly. You. Look at your neighbor and say, you used to be ungodly. Oh, no, no, you're not going to do it, are you? You're not going to do it, no. Yeah, no, you're not going to do it. You used to be, I said. I didn't say you are, or are you? You used to be. Ungodly, unholy, without hope in this world, world to come. But tonight, because of his grace and mercy and the blood of Jesus that we preached about in the whole day, thank you, Lord, for the blood, amen, that rescues us, that redeems us, that releases us, that plucks out our iniquities and puts us on the king's highway. Amen. I praise the Lord tonight. Amen. Where we used to be, I'm not the Bill Sampson I used to be. Lindsay Foster is not Lindsay Foster Bergen. We used to be. Thank God for that. And you're glad for that, Sister Kim. All we can do is cry for mercy. Mercy, Lord of my said to Keith this morning in the prayer room when he left. Someone said, grace is getting what you don't deserve. I want to repeat that again. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. And mercy is not getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. I said to Keith this morning, if you only got what you deserve, brother, you wouldn't be here today. I'm thankful for his heart. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And all the joy that floods my soul. Something happened and now I know he touched me and made me whole. Their only hope, their only purpose, their only amen way out was in Jesus. Amen. Everything had come down to this moment, to this encounter with Jesus. Aren't you glad, one writer says, that when you only hope is placed on Jesus, he will be more than enough. He is more than enough. He is El Shaddai, the God of peace.
plenty. He is more than enough. Amen. He is my strength. He is my security. He is my satisfaction. He is all that I need. Hallelujah. I'm so glad. I know him. I'm so glad for the touch of God on my life. The priests, Jesus had compassion on them and told them to go and present themselves to the priests as the law commanded. Leviticus, you read that in Leviticus chapter 14. Would expect them and give them a clear bill of health. Why did Jesus tell them this? Why didn't he just say, be healed? Because faith, one writer says, is all we required of the helpless. Faith is always required of the helpless and the hopeless. You go back and read 2 Kings and 5, and I, you know the story about Nahum. The Syrian had to act on faith. He had to go down to the Dor- dirty Jordan. I mentioned that before. He had to dip down in the Jordan River how many times? Made faith. Listen to the prophet. I thought about it, you know. Looking at my life, how people was brought into my life. How many glad because people were brought in your life, you've been touched by the master. I'm so glad that people came into my life as a, as a young boy. I can remember Sister Grimes, and I told you this before, when Sunday school teacher walked out on our seven younger boys. But Mrs. Grimes taught us, brought us into her home. Right out through Mrs. Green and Bill Sparks and Mitchell Nolte before and teachers. You know, I can remember people that, that touched me. Patrick mentioned this morning. And people are still touching you. People need that touch sometimes. Not only places, but or people, but places. You go different places and in God's sovereign plan and purpose. Uh, how God shows up, not through only through that person, but through certain places. And my, why am I here? Why am I in this place? I thought about it over and over again when I filled in for Cartwright when I was off on the sick leave. I wasn't there just for then. God put me in that place to heal me. How God brings people in our lives and places in our lives and works things out for his great pleasure. Aren't you glad that a certain person came in your life? The greatest person is Jesus. So Nahum had to do it. Nahum was healed. But you notice here at the inclusion, not only the leprous condition, but the leprous cry. Then it goes down from 10 to 1. One celebration. One celebration. We're told as they began their journey to the priest, they were cleansed. Notice it. Verse 14. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they... Ten of them left. He said, Go and show yourself unto the priest. And as they went... You think about it. Ten men now, Jew and Gent- Jews and Samaria. Here they went, and all of a sudden, one says, I'm healed. Picture the scene. I don't know if they all got ill at the same time or as they were going to. One got ill. I'm healed. Praise the Lord. And all of a sudden, ten of them 
gets healed. You think, you think, Pastor, that 10 of them would go back. You think that if you receive the miracle from Jesus, and if Jesus had mercy on you, you sure go back and say, Jesus, thank you for healing me. Someone said there were 10 at new bodies, but one at a new heart. Makes a difference when you got a new heart. God has compassion on all, but God wants a relationship with everyone. The Bible says one of them, when he saw, notice here, notice the one word it says, notice the perception of gratitude. And our pastor mentioned that this morning. Notice the perception of gratitude. Notice the perception. Ten of them got healed, but one had a perception of gratitude. When he saw that he was healed, think about that. When he saw that he had no more leprosy, think about it. The Bible says that he saw he was healed. Now the others, no doubt, knew that they were healed, but there was something different here. Amen. He began to know, he see, that word there, perception, means he didn't mean to perceive. He took the time to know that he had been blessed. He realized that something wonderful happened, happened to him. He was sensitive to the power of God working in his life, and his perception has entirely changed. Amen. I want to tell you, when your perception are changed, and you know for sure, beyond a shell of a doubt, that you've been set free, and your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life, there will be a perception, there will be a thankful heart in the house of God. You will have not to drag you into the house of God. You will have to get down and say, oh God, it's a hard time. Oh, some hard to pray. Oh, some hard to praise you. I believe that there will be praise upon our lips and thanksgiving from our spirit that we can't wait to get out in the morning and say, thank you, God, for another day. You changed me. You set me free. I once was a sinner, but now I'm a saint. I was headed for hell, but now I'm headed for heaven. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Hallelujah. That's our perception. One got it. The perception of gratitude. Hallelujah. There is a whole Jewish story that I'll illustrate this point. Maybe you heard it before. There was a man who goes to the rabbi and complains, life is unbearable. How many of you said that before? Life is some hard, pastor. Yep, life is, can be hard. Life can be unfair. Life can be unfair. Two weeks ago, I had my uncle pass away. We lost a 27-year-old guy in less than 12 months. And a 20-year-old, 23-year-old son. Life can be so unfair. Life can be so unbearable. He goes on to say, there are nine of us, he said, living in one room. Imagine. I know what that was, seven in one room. What a racket we used to have. Especially when one couldn't get to the washroom. Remember those days? Wake up in the morning and <clears throat> I won't go there. Ooh. 
What can I do? The rabbi answered. He said, take your goat into the room with you. The man is doubting. But the rabbi insists, do as I say and come back in a week, he said. A week later, the man comes back looking more distraught than ever before. We can't stand it, teacher. We just can't stand it. The goat is filthy. A lot of smells in the room. The rabbi then tells him, go home and let the goat out and come back another week. The radiant man returns to the rabbi a week later, exclaiming, life is beautiful. Life is wonderful. We enjoy every moment of it now that there is no goat, only the nine of us. Let me just say to you tonight, some of you, life is like this. Life can be unbearable. How am I going to make it through life? I just want to say, God knows who you are, and God knows where you are, but he still wants you to thank him and praise him. Get up in the morning and still have a song in your soul. And a shout of praise on your lips. And praise God. Amen. Notice there not only the perception of gratitude, but the priority of gratitude. Helen talked about this. He said, when he saw that he was healed, he turned around. Now the Lord had given the command to go to the priest. When he saw that he was healed, without delay, he turned around and went back to the Lord. And the Bible says, in verse 15, I conclude tonight. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and went a long way. Glorify God. Fell down on his face. Fell down on his face. Fell down. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for taking away the disease of life. How many lately have thanked God for your house that you're living in? No wonder Carly sang it tonight. There's a roof up above me. I haven't got any pipes up here tonight, but I was going to sing it, Carly. I have a good place to sleep. There's food on my table and shoes on my feet. You gave me your love, Lord, and a fine family. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing on me. As the world looks upon me, as I struggle along, they say I am.
peace, but they are so wrong. In my heart, I'm rejoicing, how I wish they could cease. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. Let's stand and sing it. There's a roof, come back musician, up above me, I've a good place to sleep. There's food on my table and shoes on my feet. You gave me your love, Lord, and a fire. Family. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. Sing the chorus again. There's a roof up above me. I've a good place to sleep. Oh, that's our celebration tonight. Come on. Celebration tonight. 